the fifteenth book of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book fifteen. The Argument. Fair Paris is assailed on every part, by those of Africa and by those of Spain. From Logistil Astolfo doth depart, and takes Caligarant in his own train. Then slew Orillo, that by magic art revived, when by the brothers he was slain. Stout Sansonet Astolfo kind doth use, but Griffin of his mistress hears ill news. To win the field against our armed foes is counted honorable any ways although it be with policy or blows. Yet bloody conquests stain the captain's praise, but chiefest honor doth belong to those whom fortune to such height of hap doth raise, to have their foe suppressed and overthrown with little loss and damage of their own. Such was the victory that you then gained, O stout Hippolito. You conquered so when the Venetian navy had obtained with armed vessels all the stream of Po your policy and value them constrained with loss inestimable thence to go their mariners and soldiers all destroying our mariners and soldiers not annoying the pagan rodomont did want this skill that forced ten thousand men the trench to enter by his commandment sore against their will upon so perilous a place to venter where straight the smother doth their bodies kill and send their sinful souls beneath the centre himself in safety sees them there a-dying still swearing cursing heaven itself defying now agrament and hot assault and fierce gave where he thought the same was least expected he strives the walls to batter break and pierce with engines strong and rams thereto erected those kings whose names i did before rehearse brought men some stout and some with fear infected and such as rather wish to stand aloof than wear a corslet of the surest proof. But Agramond herein was much deceived, for where he thought them weak and unprepared, he found that manfully he was received, and that the king himself the place did guard, with thousands more ready to be bereaved of life and limb, and such as not regard, before that they would take so great disgrace as in their master's sight to lose their place but here i cease until another time to tell of these assaults the hard success of damage like to both sides now my rhyme unto the english duke i must address astolfo son of oton whom sometime alcina's witchcraft held in great distress who like another circe men transformed to trees to beasts and fowls of shapes deformed you heard before how all her strange deceits melissa sage did with the ring discover and how she gave them also good receipts as made them all their former shapes recover how after having scaped all their slights they did no longer in such fancies hover but to be surely able to resist her they fled unto her virtuous elder sister where when they had with comfort great remained desirous to their countries to retire they asked leave of her, and leave obtained, of her that never hinders just desire. But ere they went, she friendly them constrained with precious gifts to be endowed by her, such gifts as were of precious price indeed, and all their lives should stand them all in steed. 
but chiefly to this english duke she gave of secret skill a little written book containing many a precept wise and grave the which of her most thankfully he took these teach a man from charms himself to save that in the same advisedly doth look and that to find them out he may be able the book had in the end a perfect table beside this book on him she doth bestow another gift of as great price or more an horn in which if he do once but blow the noise thereof shall trouble men so sore that all both stout and faint shall fly therefro so strange a noise was never heard before when to the duke these rare gifts were imparted he humbly took his leave and thence departed and lest alcina should by force attempt to bring him back or work him some disease andronica was with a navy sent to waft him safe till he were past those seas and virtuous sophrosina with him went to see him pass with safety and with ease so good a conductor so sure a guide as was not found in all the world beside and thus he sailed along the indian shore and seas and leaseth sight of sundry isles those called fortunate and others more that distant are some few some many miles and for he never heard of them before he asked his guide some questions otherwhiles as whether from those indian seas perchance a ship may sail to england spain and france she answered thus to put you out of doubt first know the earth itself is like an island environed with waters round about that compass in on every side the dry land and though to this day no man hath found out nor thinks there can be any way but by land because they judge the land's length there is such that it the other hemisphere doth touch yet i foresee ere many ages pass new mariners and masters new shall rise that shall find out that erst so hidden was and shall discover where the passage lies and all the men that went before surpass to find new lands new stars new seas new skies and pass about the earth as doth the sun to search what with antipodes is done behold i see the sign of holy cross a sign within these quarters seen but sealed i see where ten a thousand put to loss and to the imperial banner all do yield i see in spite of every thwart and cross the house of aragon still wins the field i see that fortune is disposed to lift up unto heaven the name of charles the fifth it pleaseth god to keep the ways unknown unto these parts as they have been and are until seven hundred years be overblown what time he means to raise an emperor rare that shall both find and make them all his own and one that shall most worthily compare in war for courage and in peace for justice with trajan with aurelius or augustus i see the will of heaven doth so incline the house of austria and of aragon shall link together in a happy line and be by match united both in one i see a branch grow by the bank of rhine out of this house as like there hath been none whose match thus much to say i dare be bold may not be found in writers new or old by him again astrea shall be brought and be restored from her long exile 
and virtues that have long been set at naught shall reign and banish fraud deceit and guile for which great works by him so nobly wrought god means to grant him all this earthly isle and under this wise prince his dear anointed one shepherd and one flock he hath appointed which that it may the better be effected he gives them captains both by sea and land that shall win places never yet detected and none shall dare their forces to withstand cortese first by whom shall be erected the emperor's banner in the indian sand who by his valiant hand and wise direction shall win and keep those indies in subjection lo with the noble marquis of pescara prosper colonna prosperous in fight lo him that may with both of them compare or be preferred if you do him right i mean the marquis vast whose value rare in tender youthful years shall shine most bright like to a horse that running swiftest pace doth last set out and first doth win the race in him shall faith and courage be so mixed that when his years shall seem but young and tender as passing not the twenty year and sixth yet shall his fame and forces not be slender on him shall eyes and hearts of men be fixed to him shall towns and forts and castles render as to a captain with such worth endued as he alone the world might have subdued what should i speak of famous andrew dory that to the pirates so much terror breeds as pompey so much praised in latin story this andrew either matches or exceeds what nobler name can be what greater glory than to root out such hurtful cursed weeds so as men may with safety and with ease from italy to nilus pass the seas by his assistance furtherance and his aid in italy caesar a crown obtains for which good service though he be well paid yet for himself thereby he nothing gains the pain is his o noble mind well stayed the profit to his country soul remains and whereas some to rule their country sought by him his country's freedom shall be wrought this love by him unto his country shown in honour true shall more his name advance than both the caesar's victories well known in england spain in italy and france for though their enemies were overthrown by valour oft and oftentimes by chance yet this did blot their praise and make it less that both their country's freedom did oppress wherefore let them and others all beside that tyrannize their countries be ashamed and hanging down their heads their faces hide when they shall hear this noble andrew named by whose rare temperate and happy guide his country's peace and freedom shall be framed and thus andronica the duke foretold what men in future ages come there should the while with prosperous wind the vessels drived came first within the view of persian shore and then from thence their way they so contrived they passed the gulf so called long before and there to land so happily arrived misdoubting of alcina's bite no more he thanks these guides that all the way defend him and humbly to their lady recommend him more woods than one more fields than one he passed more than one valley more than one high hill he meeteth thieves by night 
by days as fast that lie in wait poor travellers to kill of beasts of serpents huge he was aghast that with their terror those wild deserts fill but when he blew his horn they fled away no man nor beast durst in the hearing stay he travels through the happy araby so called for the store of spices sweet there where the bird that burns and doth not die to dwell of all the world hath thought most meet thence went he to the sea that once was dry which jacob's sons went through upon their feet proud pharaoh following them unto his cost himself and all his chariots drowned and lost fast by the banks of trajan's stream he rides there wheres nilus doth receive the same an horse of passing swiftness he bestrides that was engendered twixt the wind and flame not such a beast in all the world besides and rabicano is this horse's name now as along the river's bank he passed he saw a boat make toward him in haste a simple hermit did the vessel steer whose beard with age was overgrown and gray and when he came so nigh that he might hear these words to him he fatherly doth say my son if you do hold your safety dear except you mean to die this present day proceed no farther in the way you ride but ferry over to the other side for if you do that fatal way proceed you shall within a mile a giant meet whose stature other men doth far exceed for why his height is counted fourteen feet he makes a sport of every cruel deed the flesh of man and to his taste is sweet he eateth some alive and some he slayeth he quarters some and others some he flayeth amid this cruelty he hath great sport to use the service of a certain net which in the common way in secret sort with dust and gravel covered he doth set and when some strangers do that way resort first if he may behind them he doth get and then with hideous outcries he them scares until they fall into his net unwares but having caught them once in such a cage of birth or merit he hath no respect of wealth nor sex of country nor of age no privilege from him can them protect their carcasses his hunger must assuage their skulls like monuments he doth erect in posts and windows hanging them on pins his chambers all are hanged with their skins take then my son take then this other way where with more ease and safety you may go thanks gentle friar the english duke doth say yet can i not your counsel follow though though danger bids go safest way one may yet what saith honour honour saith not so let none retire with shame thus honour saith the worst that can befall one is but death but contrary if i may him entrap as he to do to others doth devise and take himself in his prepared trap the good is great that hereof may arise well quoth the hermit god grant blessed hap and send the angel michael from the skies that may deliver him into thy hand or give thee strength his forces to withstand on goes the duke blessed by the simple friar much trusting in his sword 
more in his sound, and being now approached a little nigher, the cruel giant's graceless house he found, environed all with marish ground and mire. His chambers all within were furnished round with skins and skulls of many a woeful head, of such as evil chance had thither led. As hunters that by forest wild do dwell, nail by on post the head and paws of bears, and of their dangers do delight to tell, and call to mind their hardly scaped fears, so look, who did in strength the rest excel, the giant kept some special limbs of theirs. The rest in ditches carelessly he throws, to rot and be devoured by dogs or crows. Caligurant, so is this giant's name, stands looking at his gate with watchful eye, rejoicing much when any stranger came, and namely now the duke he doth espy, not doubting but by him to do the same he had to others done and make him die. But first he seeks behind the duke to get, and thinks hereby to drive him to the net. When as the duke the giant fierce espied, he stayed his horse, and would not forward go, for fear lest in the net he might be tied, of which the hermit had forewarned him, though. Then bloweth he his horn, a virtue tried, that in the hearers terror breeds, and woe, which so possessed his senses altogether, as straight he fled, and saw not where nor whether. It seemed with his heart he lost his eyes, and still he fled and cares not how nor where, right to the place where that most strange net lies, which he to take the duke had placed there. The net, his arms, and all his members ties, which when Astolfo saw, now out of fear, he lights and draws his sword, intending then to venge the death of thousand guiltless men. But, finding him so sure and strongly bound, he thought it were a base, ungentle part to slay a prisoner whom in bands he found, so as he could not stir, nor no way start. God Vulcan wrought this net in caves profound of flaming Etna, with such skill and art, that though the wires did seem but small and weak, yet could no force the same consume nor break. I say this curious net then Vulcan wrought, when certain jealous thoughts his heart inflamed, his spouse therewith in Mars's arms he caught, and openly then made them both ashamed, at which prospect, though many gods then loft, yet many wished in like sort to be shamed. Sly Mercury did after steal this net, his lovely Chloris therewithal to get, fair Chloris, who flies out before the morn, and sprinkleth air with smell of fragrant flowers that in her lovely lap about are born, from whence do fall the pleasant April showers. But Mercury, sith she his love did scorn, lay with his net in wait not many hours, till at the last by Nilus banks he caught her, and there to dance la volta then he taught her. The net in Anub's temple he did leave, where many years in safety it did bide, until Caligurant, not asking leave, and caring not what should thereof betide, of this great relic did the church bereave, with all the plate and ornaments beside, and to this wicked use the net employed, by which the passengers were sore annoyed. Now of this net Astolfo took a wire, 
and like a thief behind him tied his hands who now was meek as any could desire and like a lamb by him most gently stands and lest the weight thereof himself might tire first having bound his prisoner sure in bands he makes him carry that upon his back and used him like a mule to bear a pack and thus he parteth thence triumphing so and led the giant prisoner in a string and all about the country him doth show a sight that to them all great joy did bring to memphis pyramids he then doth go most famous for the tomb of many a king more high in height than fifty times paul's steeple then saw he care so huge and full of people but not so peopled as they now report that thousands in the streets by night do lie for want of room yet builded in such sort that every house is made three stories high where runagates do dwell that make a sport their faith and their salvation to deny of which the soden for his own behoof keeps fifteen thousand lodging in one roof thence went astolfo to the banks of nile to damiat a city thereabout and here he heard within a dozen mile orillo dwelt a hardy thief and stout that robbed poor men and killed them otherwhile as travellers of him stood sore in doubt and that which him with greater wonder filled the common voice was he could not be killed full many a thrust full many a cruel blow of many men in fight he had endured and unto many men great care and woe and death itself he often had procured but his own body was enchanted so as every wound he had forthwith was cured i think some fairy was his dame or rather i think some incubus had been his father the worthy knight this wicked creature sought until at last he came unto the place where then orillo with two champions fought the combat having held no little space yet at his hands they both had gained naught though both of them gave sundry blows apace their names were these that held this mongrel tack griffin the white and aquilant the black the necromancer fought with vantage great he rode upon a cruel hideous beast a crocodile that flesh of men doth eat and birds and beasts and doth them all digest yet had the brethren thrown him from his seat and further had the crocodile distressed but him to wound and kill in vain they strived for still his wounds did heal and he revived sometime they cleft his head by force in twain as butchers cleave up bullocks with an axe but straight he joineth both the parts again as if they had been made of melting wax whoso hath seen the alchemists most vain that work with mercury their cunning knacks which quite dispersed rejoineth every member would soon by this be made that to remember fierce aquilant among so many blows with one his head from off his shoulders strake about he seeks and gropeth as he goes and in the dust to find his head doth rake and finding it he takes it by the nose or by the locks no more ado doth make but sets it on as if it were but glued and fights as if his forces were renewed stout griffin at a blow cuts off his arm and takes it up and flings it in the brook but he like one that had received no harm doth dive 
the same within the stream to look which found he joins i know not with what charm unto the place it late before forsook two dames stood by in white and black attire the combat being fought at their desire these were the courteous dames that with great care had brought them up even from their swathing bands for these two brothers did by fortune rare in their first childhood chance into their hands these two to oliver gismonda bear though straight they were conveyed to foreign lands where these two ladies kept them as their own i need not tell at large a tale so known now was the time that near approached the night that makes each thing with shadow show obscure so that not want of force but want of light did cause the combat could no longer dure the ladies clad in garments black and bright that as i said this conflict did procure on this condition did them all dismiss that to return next day they do not miss but when that english duke both saw and knew the valiant youths griffin and aquilent not only by their arms he saw in view but by their blows of which they were not scant he doth acquaintance old with them renew and they no point of courtesy do want for straightway by the ladies he was led to take with them a supper and a bed then in a garden sweet they did provide great store of dainty meats and costly wine fast by a cool and pleasant fountain side as best agreeeth with the summer time the while the giant with strong chains they tied unto the body of an ancient pine lest he might have to trouble and molest them while they determined to refresh and rest them the board with rich and costly fare was filled and yet their smallest pleasure was their meat the knights in languages and learning skilled talk of a rillo and the wonder great to see one wounded so and yet not killed it seemed to them a dream and strange conceit and even the wisest and most learned did wonder how he rejoined his members cut in sunder astolfo only in his book had read that book that taught all charms to overthrow how this orillo never could be dead while in his head one fatal hair did grow but having pulled this hair from off his head he should be subject unto every blow thus said the book but precept there was none among so many hairs to find that one astolfo joyful of this good instruction not doubting but by this to make him die first make some circumstance of introduction and praise the brothers give him leave to try if he could bring orillo to destruction and they this friendly suit do not deny not doubting he alone would strive in vain with him that late resisted had them twain now had the sun removed the night's dark veil when as orillo turned to the field and then the english duke did him assail both fought on horseback both with spear and shield even then orillo felt his heart to fail a hap to him that happened had but sealed even then some strange presage did him offend that showed his days drew shortly to their end their spears now broke their naked swords they drew astolfo lays on blows on him amain about the field orillo's members flew but he together gathers them again and straight his fight and forces doth renew 
the English duke dismembering him in vain, until at length one blow so lucky sped that by his shoulders he cut off his head, and having headed him so even and just, straight with his head on horseback he doth mount and rides away. Rillo in the dust doth grope to find the same as he was wont, but missing it, and full of new mistrust, to overtake him yet he makes account. He rides, and would have cried, Ho, oh, tarry, tarry, but in his hand the duke his tongue doth carry. But though his head were lost, he finds his heels to spur and prick he never doth forbear. The headless body never stirs nor reels, but sits as sure as if the head were there the while the skull astolfo pulls and peels among such store to find the enchanted hair for in the hairs no difference was in sight to know if he did take the wrong or right but sith to make sure work he thought it best he makes his sword serve for a barber's knife to shave the skull therewith he doth not rest until he finished had the bloody strife he cuts that hair by chance among the rest that hair that held Arillo in his life. The face looks pale, devoid of lively heat, the body backward falls out of the seat. This done, the duke brought in his hand the head, returning to the company again, and showed them where he left the carcass dead, which, when they saw with certain signs and plain, a kind of envious joy in them it bred, for glad they were their enemy was slain, but inwardly they were displeased and sorry that this same duke had got from them the glory. The women also were not well content that he had slain Orillo in the fight, because it hindered had their first intent, which was to stay these youths all means they might, in hope thereby some mischiefs to prevent, which they foresaw should unto them alight. Straight all that country was with rumour filled how the English duke Orillo fierce had killed for as in all those cities they do use the keeper of the next adjoining fort sent by a dove a letter of the news from damiat unto the nearest port by which device most rare they cannot choose but hear and send with speed each true report and thus in every country and in town they do extol this english duke's renown the worthy duke the brothers doth persuade from thence their courses into france to bend to do the duty for which man was made, God's honour and their countries to defend, which now the Turks and Paynims did invade, and near had brought the same to woeful end, which counsel from so great a prince proceeding, they follow straight with forwardness exceeding. The women now with tears in watery eyes bid them farewell, and so they parted thence, and, for they heard the holy city lies not passing six or seven days' journey thence, to take it in their way they do devise, to see the place where for humane offence true God, true man, descending from above, did die for us, unworthy of such love. And sith the way between was large and wide, and void of fruits for sustenance of man, they do good store of bread and wine provide, with needful things, as for the time they can and on the giant's shoulders them they tied who like a sumpter horse them after ran and on this sort with most devout intent like pilgrims to jerusalem they went six days they travelled in their weary way nor seeing man nor beast nor bird alive the seventh 
immediate after break of day in that most blessed city they arrive then visit they the tomb where jesus lay when with his death he did us dead revive and brought hell sin and death into subjection with suffering dying and his resurrection now while the tomb with great heed they behold bare head and feet in show of meek submission and with more inward joy than can be told yet joined with a deep and sad contrition that strake their hearts in awe and made them cold with true remorse devoid of superstition and with themselves they still continued musing each one himself in such like words accusing why then where thou dear lord didst for our sake with water and with blood the ground disdain shall not mine eyes some small amends to make shed tears in memory of so great pain o drowsy heart that dost not now awake o frozen heart that meltest not in rain o stony heart that dost not now relent lament thee now or else for a lament thus with an humble and repentant sprite they tarried at the tomb no little space when lo the priest appeared in their sight whose office was to keep the holy place who seeing them so lowly and contrite he doth impart to them this special grace sith to amendment they were now resolved them of their sins for passage he absolved this done they went about and viewed the town held in those happy days by christian hands who striving now to keep each other down with causeless wars do trouble sea and lands or leasing or neglecting that renown in which god's honour and their safety stands but letting this great enemy increase by their sealed making never keeping peace a gallant knight whom sansonet they call this city governed under charles the great who then intended to repair the wall and make the town a strong and stately seat astolfo gave to him the giant tall for strength and stature fit for such a feat to serve his present purpose for the nonce unto the walls to carry heavy stones and sansonet doth eke on him bestow a curious belt and hangers for a blade and spurs of gold in substance rich and show that for that night were thought to have been made that slew the dragon with a deadly blow which did the lady chaste and fair invade thus gifts both given and ta'en on either part each from the other friendly doth depart now going from jerusalem behold they met a greekish pilgrim by the way that such ill news to good griffino told as made him out of temper all the day it was his evil fortune dear to hold and give his heart unto her for a prey that had a pleasing hue and fair smooth skin but false unchaste and treacherous within her name was origilla whom of late he left at constance of an ague sick and hoping now to find her in good state he hears she hath him served a sluttish trick as namely she hath got a new-found mate not caring if that he were dead or quick she thought that for her young years twas no reason to lie alone in that sweet pleasant season this news his mind doth gripe his heart doth bite he mourns by day by night he takes no rest that breeds him pain that others breeds delight and this torments him more than all the rest he shames and shuns to have it come to light what was his grief that did him so molest and this to keep it close the rather made him 
because from her his brother did dissuade him. But all in vain, for he was wholly bent to follow her, although he knew her not. Yet to himself he keepeth his intent that secretly his going may be wrought. He vows to make the adulterer repent, who now to Antiochia had her brought. But in another book I will express of his departure what was the success. End of book 15